This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning. Happy Easter. Some of you got the cue already. Yes, you can sit down, all right? I think for many of us, Easter has to be one of our favorite times of the year because it means new life. Isn't that true? Yeah, how great that we get to go to a church called what? There you go. Yes. You know, it's flowers come up, trees bud, the sun finally comes out. I know it's not out today, but uh, yeah, hang around long enough and it'll be here. It means for some of us, we get to go and pull out the short sleeve shirts and stuff that have been in the, you know, in storage all winter long. And, and uh, I don't know, there's a spring in our step. Life just feels a little bit better because it's spring. Yeah. Things that have been dead spring back to life. What a great place to be. And I suppose there's no more powerful metaphor for the core teachings of Christianity than the concept of new life. That's why it's in our name. It is the heart and soul of Christianity. I hope that that what you just experienced was more than just music for you. I hope you took some time to think about the words. I hope you took some time to just let them sink in. Because that the concept that we just talked about, that God would change us from the inside out. You know that change is so radical in the Bible, it's called new birth. Now, maybe you've run into people before who say, I'm a born-again Christian, and they might not have represented that very well. I apologize for that. Because the basic idea behind Christianity is that God's Spirit would come and live within us and would create in us changes that are so dynamic and so life-changing that it's literally like a whole new person in there. I want to direct your attention to the video screens because I want you to understand what the core teachings of Christianity are. The first thing I want you to know is if you go through life and you miss God's love. Not, 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 oh yeah, I know God loves. But if you miss experiencing God's love, if you go through life and you never get that in here, then you will have missed the heart of life itself. I don't know about you, but I don't go through life and miss the heart. If there's anything I want to tie into, it's the heart. Secondly, if you go through life without accepting God's salvation, you will have missed life's supreme opportunity. Friends, it's way better than winning the lottery. Way, 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 way better than winning the lottery. It is life's supreme opportunity. And I hope you see that demonstrated this morning. And then number three, if you go through life and you never undergo the internal change that Jesus brings, listen to this, you will have missed the most dynamic experience available to the human spirit. That's why Jesus came. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. 
I want to welcome you. My name is Ron, and, uh, and it's my privilege to speak for you, to you for the next few minutes out of God's Word. And uh, so I want you to join me, if you would, in just a short prayer. Father, as we open your Word now, would you speak to us so that we might experience your life-changing and life-giving power. Father, enable us to see with great clarity the greatest promise ever given. And would you draw near to us as we draw near to you. I pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. We're starting a series called Forever Young. I want to talk to you about that for just a minute. For those of you who don't recognize me, but you come here every Sunday, you know, I, okay, there you go. It's, yeah, I know. You know, what, you know what somebody said to me on the way in? They, they, they saw me from the back and they spun me around to see if I had a tie on because they knew if I did, somebody had died. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they were relieved to see no tie. So somebody else said, well, you got a brand new look. And, I, you know, hey, forever young. There you go. All right. So, yeah, it's, life is such a wonderful, wonderful experience. So what is forever young? Did you know there's only one place where we will be forever young? Where's that? Heaven. Yeah. This is really a series about heaven. And if you've never explored heaven, if you've never explored what happens after people die, because if there's, you know... What are the two things that all people have to do? What's the first one? Oh, no, no. Die, right? <laughs> or maybe you pay taxes and that's what causes you to die, all right? Maybe that's how it goes. <laughs> but but yeah, somehow those two have to be related, I'm sure. But the truth is everybody dies. And so the truth is at some point we've got to look at that and say, what's on the other side? And, and so for the next three Sundays, this Sunday and the two following We're going to take an inside look into heaven itself. And this morning, we're going to take an inside look at how you get there. And the next two mornings, and the next two Sunday mornings after this, we're going to take an inside look at what we're going to be doing after we get there. And it should be inspiring and challenging all at the same time. Forever young. Let me give you some statistics. In 2009... Americans spent, are you ready, $11 billion on cosmetics. And we're still getting old. I thought about asking how many of you had a birthday last year, all right? But I figured that was kind of everybody, right? Yeah, we spent $11 billion on cosmetics. I know some of that was deodorant so that, you know, we wouldn't stink up the joint and that sort of thing. But most of it was spent on things that hopefully will delay or hide the aging experience. We spent $19 billion on fitness equipment in the fitness industry and in the in memberships to fitness clubs and exercise equipment, all doing what? Trying to delay the aging experience in the, in the onset of death. Now, you ready for the big number? Here's the really, really big number. We spent $50 billion 
on cosmetic surgery last year. Up until 2008, you know what the most common cosmetic surgery was? Are you ready? Liposuction. Suck out that fat, baby. I want you to look young and skinny again. Isn't that something? Up until two years ago, liposuction was the most common cosmetic surgery. Are you ready for what it is today? You don't want to say that in church, do you? (laughs) Breast augmentation. (laughs) We're going to defy gravity. (laughs) I won't explain that. You need help with that. You'll have to ask somebody else. (laughs) Why, Why do we do that stuff? Because, you know, there's an internal drive on the inside of us. We're not really into throwing away $80 billion. And that's what you come up with when you add all that together. There's a drive on the inside of us. And, and, and I call it paradise craved. Because that's really what it is. There's something on the inside of us that wants to not only live in paradise, but wants to live in paradise forever. And it's a drive we can't deny. And it's a drive that we can't seem to exercise out of us. It it just motivates us. And guess what? Who put that in there? Take a look. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. God has made everything beautiful in its own time. Now, here's what I want you to underline He has planted eternity where? In the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Boy, that's the truth. You know what I know? Ponce de Leon. He was the guy that in 1513 sailed to the eastern coast of Florida and began exploring because someone had told him that there in the southern tip of what is now the United States, that there was a fountain of what? Youth. And that if you would drink of its waters continually, you would never age. Well, guess what? You can go to San Juan, Puerto Rico. I've been there. I've been to Ponce de Leon's tomb. I'm guessing it didn't work for him. Yeah. The fountain of youth. You know, we search for it. In fact, we would gladly forfeit everything if we were allowed to drink from a fountain that would keep us forever young. Would you do that? Yeah, sure. But you know something? You ever get tired of this world? You ever get tired of picking up the newspaper? Friends, you know what I know you and I would do? We drink from it for 100 years or 200 years and eventually go, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> Somehow I'd like to get out of this because I've seen enough heartache and I've seen enough disappointment and I've said goodbye to enough people and all that kind of stuff. But from where we sit right now, boy, if we could drink from the fountain of youth and we would be forever young, we'd say, I'm buying a house nearby. Now, yeah. because we have this internal drive that it's rooted deep in our nature. Now, now don't, 
Don't ignore that drive because that drive actually God put inside you to motivate you to search for eternal truths. In other words, our daughter has a dog that's a golden retriever. If you know anything about golden retrievers, they are ruled by their bellies. They have a drive for food that's unquenchable. You put enough food in front of a golden retriever and they will eat until they're sick. And then, you need me to tell you the rest of that story? Okay, you got it. And if there's food in the house, first thing a golden retriever does is walk in the door. And they go straight for it, right? Now I want you to think for just a minute. God put within you a drive for paradise. To live eternally in a beautiful place. To be forever young. And He wants you to sniff after the truths that will take you there. That's why He put it in you. And so you would find Him. And and so that you could eventually live with Him. So there's truth number one. Okay? Now let's take a look. That's paradise craved. But there is a problem. We all have this desire to live forever. The problem is we're all getting old and dying. You probably noticed that. Everybody does. And so it might help us to go back and take a look at history so we can understand why we are what we are and then what God's doing about it. So let's take a look at Paradise Lost. You don't have to get very far in the Bible. In fact, the first story in the Bible is, is the story of how God brought into existence or created everything that exists. The second story in the Bible is how God created Adam and Eve and brought them together in marriage as the first human beings. And the third story in the Bible, which is probably on the second or third page of your Bible, is the story of how Adam and Eve brought sin into God's world, into God's paradise, and polluted and contaminated it forever. Wow. We're only on like page three And the rest of the Bible is the story of what God is doing to repair the damage. Did you know that? Yeah, the scene for the Bible is all set in the first three pages. Wow. So after Adam and Eve, God said, don't eat from that tree, and they did. After that was all done, I don't have time to read you the whole story, but I want to read you a really salient scripture. Take a look. God said, the ground is cursed because of you. The ground meaning the whole earth. Everything in it is cursed because of you. All of your life, you will struggle to scratch out a living from it. Do we? Yeah, we do. Okay? He goes on to say, it will grow... Thorns and thistles for you. You gardeners, does that work? Yeah, we live in the country. We have two acres. If we don't mow it, that stuff takes over. goes on. Though you will eat of its grains, by the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return where? To the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Now, friends, there's bad news and good news in that passage. The bad news is pretty obvious, isn't it? 
Life is going is to be a struggle for you from this day forward, and furthermore, you're going to die. That's the bad news. There's also good news in this. Let's take a look at the truth. Because of sin's disharmonious nature, because it's destructive to everything in God's world, He placed all of it under the curse of these three things. Disease, decay, and death. And that's the world that we live in. I want you to think for a minute that that sin is like a corrosive, uh, a very corrosive chemical. That every, like battery acid, everything that it touches, it destroys, it bleaches, it eats, it consumes, and it just keeps doing that until somehow you neutralize it. That's the way sin is in our world. It destroys everything that we hold dear. It's like a poison to the human spirit. That's the bad news. Here's the good news. God took one look and said, Okay, I see my polluted world, so here's the deal. I'm going to place it under a curse of death because I don't want that world to last forever. Now, I'm going to change that world. And so I'm going to make sure that everything that's been polluted and everything that's sinful and everything that's got the poison of sin in it, I'm going to make sure that every single vestige of it absolutely at some point goes out of existence and is done. I'm going to make sure it, it, it's diseased. I'm going to make sure it decays. And I'm going to make sure it dies. And friends, if that's where the story ended, there would be no good news, correct? Yeah. But that's only the first part of it. But thank God it's that way. Can you imagine something worse than that curse? I can. You know what it is? You're stuck. You're never getting out of here. You're just going to have to live and live and live and struggle and struggle. That's an I'm putting an end to that. Okay? But in the meantime, what happens to our paradise it's lost, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we live and we struggle and all that. So there's the history. There's paradise lost. But you know something? Let's move on. There's paradise promised. This is where the story gets good. That's kind of the bottom end, and now we're going to start moving up. Paradise promised. Look what God says. Look, I will make new heavens and a new earth. And no one will even think about the old ones. My people will be happy forever because of the things that I will make. A person who lives a hundred years will be called what? Hot. Now you understand why it's called forever young, right? Yeah, God says, I'm making a new heavens. I'm making a new earth. And my people are going to be happy how long? Forever. That's the message, that's the core teaching of the Bible. And that is, oftentimes people look at what happens in this world and say, where is God? Well, believe me, this didn't take God by surprise. And God has a handle on it, and God has a solution for it. And you know, there are days when I just wish that God would bring it into the world today. But then I think for just a minute, you know, there, there are people this morning that are accepting Christ and giving their lives to Christ and their life is going to be forever changed and their destiny is going to be forever changed. And I'm wondering, 
What would happen if Christ came yesterday? That's why that decision's in his hands, not mine. But until he comes, we live under that curse. But we live with the promise. And the promise is great. And, and so here's the truth. From the beginning, actually from the very beginning, way back there on page 3 of the Bible, God planned to redeem his creation. In, in what way? Restoring it to its original beauty and what? Purity. Wow. Friends, that's the message of Easter, really. It's right there in a nutshell. Or should I say eggshell? Yeah, okay, just want to make sure you're still listening, all right? Yeah, it's the story of new life. It's the story of redemption. It's the story of dynamic life change. It's the story of being made new. It's the story of being born again. And it's not only a promise God gives to you and to me if we accept it, it's actually a promise God gives to the dirt. And you know, if God makes a promise to the dirt, we're worth a little more than dirt, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. We're his kids. He makes that promise to us. Central message of Christianity. You know, three very, very important days. You can write this down in your notes. Three most important days in the history of the human race. Day number one, Christmas. Day number two, Calvary. Day number three, Easter. Okay? You could add a fourth one if you wanted to, and that's the day Jesus comes back. Okay? I'm going to explain those to you in just a minute. But I want you to understand this earth that you and I get so wrapped up in, and this world that you and I spent $80 billion last year trying to delay the effects of the aging process, this world that we invest in so heavily, God says to us, I want you to understand a couple of things about it. Number one, it's fleeting. It's not going to last very long. And no matter how much money you spend on cosmetic surgery, you know, when, when, when you get up in years, eventually you get diagnosed as terminal. That's just it. This life is fleeting. As the Bible says, it's pretty short compared to eternity. It's like a... It's like a puff of wind that's here and gone. Why? Because the world that God's taking us to is so great and so fantastic, and it is a forever world, and we will wonder, why did we get so wrapped up in this old one? As the Scripture says, no one will even think about that old one anymore because of the new one. That's paradise promised. Let's take a look at paradise provided. Bible says he was delivered, that's Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Core message of the Bible. Here it is. Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection form the core of God's redemption plan. We just saw that from the beginning God had planned to redeem his world. There are those three most important days. Jesus' life, that's Christmas. Why? Because Christmas is Jesus coming into the world to, to lay the foundation for redeeming it. 
He laid it by living a perfect life. He laid it by, by giving the teachings that would guide people to, 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 to finding salvation in God. He did it by, by coming and living an earthly life. Christmas is great because it was God coming to earth to live with us. Big news. The second important day was Calvary. Because if God came to earth to live with us, and He never died, and He never provided for the forgiveness of our sins, He just said, hey, it was nice checking it out. See you guys later. It'd be no good news. But the deal was, Jesus came to live. He took on a human body so that He could die because until Jesus took on a human body, it was impossible for Him to die. He was God. God doesn't die. He's the author of life. Took on a human body so He could die. And Calvary was the day that Jesus died on the cross very clearly, the Bible says, to pay the penalty for your sins and mine so that we could be forgiven. And so that's Calvary. What about Easter? Easter was the day that Christ rose from the dead because, you know, God could make all the promises in the world about eternal life, but if He dies and stays dead, are you going to follow Him? I don't think so. be a little difficult to believe. But when a guy promises eternal life and says, okay, put me to death, and count them, one, two, three, and what's going to happen? I'm coming back. And they said, oh, we don't want any hoax here. So they got the governor to put a seal on the tomb and put a guard in front of the tomb. But when you're God, the governor's seal and the guard is no real big challenge, correct? And on the third day, what happened? Shazam. I'm not sure that's in the Bible, but uh, there you go. Yeah. That's what happened. And there he came. And, and no one could stop him. Why? Because he was God. And he said, you know all those promises that I made about eternal life? Check it out. Here I am. The same power that raised me from the dead, when I come back, I'm going to give the call. Everyone who has died is going to be resurrected. Friend, you and I are going to hear that voice. We may hear it before we die. But even if we don't, we will hear it. That's God's message. Paradise promised. Wow. It's a great thing. Every Sunday in this church, we remember it. And we remember it by doing a very, very simple thing. Jesus really started it. We passed through the audience trays, their communion trays. On them, very simple elements. Pieces of bread. Jesus himself said, when you take the bread, I want you to look at it and I want you to think about my body. Because it was that body that I took on, that human body I took on, that that was sacrificed at Calvary, that died on the cross. I want you to remember that body was broken for you. That's the price I paid so that you could live eternally. There's portions of juice on those trays. And he said, I want you to look at the juice. And I want you to imagine in your mind that that juice is my blood. Because when I died, my real blood, my earthly blood, spilled out of my body, ran down the cross, and puddled at the bottom of the cross. It's the blood of my life, which I gave for you. And I want you to understand, it's that blood and my life 
that signed and sealed a covenant between God and His people. And it's the covenant of eternal forgiveness. And because He died, God offers that covenant to us. So this morning we're going to pass the trays through the aisles and through the audience. And if you'd like to honor Christ, then I would invite you to take a piece of the bread. I would invite you to take a cup of juice, pass the tray to your neighbor. And this morning, I want you to look at the bread and imagine that that's the body of Jesus Christ. I want you to take the cup and I want you to look at the juice in that cup and I want you to imagine that was the blood of Jesus Christ that spilled on the ground so that that covenant could be signed and sealed for you and me. After you've held them in your hands for a few moments, I want you to bow your head and pray and thank Jesus for what he did for you. Then eat the bread and drink the cup in his honor because they represent the spirit of Christ that's now in you, not outside you, in you. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we are so, so, so blessed that you left heaven and came to earth and that you allowed your body to be broken and you allowed your blood to spill out on the ground so that you could seal that covenant and sign it, as it were, in your blood so that we could be redeemed and eternally forgiven. And now, Lord, in your honor, we eat the bread, we drink the cup. Amen. Lord Jesus, we bless you. We are blessed because you purchased our eternal salvation. We thank you in your own name. Amen. Well, there's one more point, there's one more truth that you got to know. We've talked about paradise craved, we've talked about paradise lost, paradise promised, paradise provided. But the last one is the big one as far as you and I are concerned, and that is paradise chosen. Okay, take a look at this. I'm going to read you two verses from the very, very last page in your Bible. Okay, when God gets ready to wrap up the Bible, you know, the... If you've ever sat with someone and it was at the very end and you knew it was the last conversation you were going to have with them, you're probably not talking about the 49ers. You're probably not, and no, you're not talking about the Warriors. Okay? Yeah. You're talking about important stuff. Here's two verses, probably from the last page in your Bible. Take a look. Look, I am coming soon. This is Jesus. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. Wow. That means you and I have the opportunity to either get on board with the promises that God has made and order our lives around them. That's a great thing because Jesus is coming again. A few verses later, he says, the spirit and the bride. Don't have time to break that out for you, but the bride is basically the church. It's all the people who have followed Christ, who have gone on before us. What do they say? They say what? Come. Let anyone who hears this say what? Come. And here's the promise. Let anyone who is thirsty 
come. Let anyone who desires... Are you ready? Friends, here's the real fountain of youth. Here it is. Ready? Let anyone who desires drink freely from the what? Water of life. Forever young. There it is. Here's the final truth. Don't want you to miss any part of it. Truth. By the way, a bit of humor, even though we're at a serious point. Some of you have already figured out, I don't think the pastor knows how to count. Did you know we went truth one, truth true, two, truth four, truth five, truth six? Hopefully you're so engrossed in what we're talking about, you never noticed that, all right? But for those of you that's been bothering you since you walked in, all right, you can just be it. I, I did actually go to kindergarten. Now, back to the serious stuff, all right? I want, you to, I want you to get this truth. Here it is. God's plan is firmly established. You know what that means, friend? No matter what you do in your life, you will never change God's plan. Is everybody on board with that? You may not like it. You may curse God to His face. You, you, may, you may act as if it doesn't, it doesn't exist. But the truth is God's plan is firmly established. He's not going to consult you on it. Okay? Here's the second thing you need to know. It's core events have already taken place. What are its core events? Christmas, Calvary, and Easter. They've already taken place. It's a done deal. The only questions that remain are these. The first one is, when will Jesus return? And friends, you and I don't have any control over that. The Bible very clearly says that only God the Father knows, and He's got that already on His calendar it's going to happen. So we can just say, okay, Lord, come whenever you're ready, right? Because I'm ready today. And then the second question is the one that you really ought to zero in on. And that is, who gets to enjoy the forever life on God's new earth? The one he's making. And friends, that's where paradise gets chosen. It's not automatic. That's the message from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. You're not just born and so you get it. You have a lifetime to make that choice. And the overwhelming message of Scripture is do it today. Why? Because you don't know about tomorrow. I don't want to be morose, but friends, there are people living today that are not going to be living tomorrow. That's the nature of our earth, is it not? And not all of the people who are living today that will not be living tomorrow are in the hospital and are 95 or 100 or 105 years old. Not meaning to pick on anyone who's 90 or 95, right? Yeah. So that's why the overwhelming message of Scripture is choose it today. And if you choose it today, here's the really good news. The really good news is that what God does in our lives doesn't just change us for eternity. We just sang a song from the inside out and it talks about everlasting, but that everlasting change begins on the inside. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.